Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Friday, May 1st. S&P futures are trading off about 53 points. That's about 1.8%. They're trading at about 28.50 right now. The overnight low was 28.30. Keep in mind, most international markets were closed. The only major ones that were open uh, were Japan, which ended off about 2%, 2% plus, and the UK. So FTSE 100 is trading off about 2%. Most other markets in Europe were closed, Germany, France, Spain, Italy, et cetera, were all closed. And then most of the major markets in Asia, other than Japan, were closed as well. So um, not much to talk about on the international front. So it's very much just a U.S.-focused um, day. And there were you know a few interesting highlights to note. So going back to last night on the earnings front, uh, the two big reports, obviously, were Apple and Amazon, both underwhelmed in their own way. So Apple had a very strong March report. It was helped by, you know, similar to Microsoft, where they came out in early February and talked down numbers for the quarter. Um, you know, so that caused street numbers to get cut at that time. It looks like the supply chain in Asia, which had been the uh, the impetus for that initial reduction, um, came on faster than expected. Um, and so they did not necessarily see kind of the full fallout as far as coronavirus demand until the end of the quarter. So the March numbers for Apple were decent. I think what's unnerving investors was just the absence of guidance. So this is the first time in about 10 years that Apple did not give explicit guidance for its uh, current quarter, so the June quarter. It gave some qualitative commentary about kind of intra-quarter trends so far in April, echoing what other companies have talked about where there has been an uptick in April versus um, you know the sharp, abrupt decline in end of March. Um, but still no kind of formal guidance. So that that was weighing a little bit on Apple. They also increased the buyback. They added $50 billion to their buyback authorization and raised a dividend. Some people are saying that that $50 billion bump to the buyback authorization is lower than normal. Um, you know, they, they have $90 billion uh, on the authorization right now to, to repurchase shares. So I don't really think it's, there's an issue of Apple kind of dialing back its buyback uh, velocity. On Amazon... Um, you know, this quarter is going to spark the typical debate about what constitutes an investment and what constitutes an expense. For most companies in the S&P 500, all of the items that Amazon is talking about spending money on in the June quarter are expenses. For Amazon, they are um, they seem to be investments. Um, you know, so for the near term, the knee jerk reaction will be lower in Amazon. But I think the, the you know, the the consensus takeaway this morning is that Amazon is investing in the business. So I would suspect that, um, you know, over the course of the next few sessions, the stock should stabilize. But, you know, for now, at least Amazon and Apple, two of the biggest companies on the planet, two huge weights in the S&P, are obviously uh, going to suffer some earnings related weakness. That's not helping the futures. Uh, Elsewhere in earnings, Visa came out. You know, I think Visa and MasterCard, probably more than any other company on the planet right now, provide the best insight into just the state of the consumer. Um, they're providing week-to-week guidance or week-to-week color on on swipe swipe volume. So you know, there's really no better way other than maybe the jobless claims to just get a sense of what's occurring in the economy. Um, and they gave a ton of clarity and color and granularity about various different end markets in terms of of the the type of spending that's occurring, debit versus credit, et cetera. And they echoed what MasterCard said about how, again, there's been positive linearity. So you saw this sharp, abrupt decline in the end of March into early April. Things have improved since then. But you're still talking about year-on-year declines in spending. Um, you know, So I think the positive linearity theme is certainly encouraging. It's certainly better than the alternative. But it's only going to get the market so far. And so if you go from you know down 60% year-on-year to down 30% year-on-year, to down 20%, but you still kind of are getting caught in this negative decline cycle in perpetuity. Um, you know, again, I don't that's only going to rally the tape 
so much. And so I think that's kind of resonating less with investors. Apple too. Apple also, again, talked about positive linearity. Um, Western Digital, I thought the big highlight of the earnings were, were that they're suspending their dividends. So, um, you know, the Royal Dutch Shell dividend cut Thursday morning should not have been a shock to anyone, just given what's occurring in oil. Western Digital presumably has the financial wherewithal to pay a dividend. So I think the fact that they are suspending it is certainly a little bit surprising. Um, and it's just going to kind of, again, adds to this theme of capital return from companies on the buyback and the dividend front getting cut across the board. Um, you know, and this is going to be obviously this is a major headwind for the tape. So that's the Western Ditch highlight for me. Uh, you know, the earnings themselves, I thought were, you know, they're certainly maybe slightly underwhelming, but the big news I thought was a dividend suspension. Uh, finally, and Gilead reported and just gave a lot of color on Remdesivir. And, you know, I, I think most healthcare specialists always knew that Remdesivir, again, was not a panacea and also that it was not going to be a huge earnings contributor for Gilead. If anything, it may be, um, you know, it may be uh, just an expense. So they talk about how they're going to ramp, they're going to spend about a billion dollars as they ramp production. Um, and it's unclear really what the revenue opportunity is because they, you know, they're going to be giving away a lot of it, at least initially. Um, and then they may be pricing a lot of it at just cost. So it's not going to be, um, at least for the time being, and you know, a huge earnings contributor for Gilead. So that was that highlight. So those are the major earnings out of the U.S. last night. There was nothing, uh, no major international reports other than RBS in the U.K. and Allianz, uh, but neither are really impactful for the markets. On the macro front, the big theme for me by far is this kind of shifting narrative from Trump and the White House around China and the coronavirus. So there were a million articles published starting in the middle of the day yesterday about um, about retaliatory options being considered in the White House to respond to China for the coronavirus, blaming China for the coronavirus, um, various different intelligent agency initiatives about trying to determine where the coronavirus came from. Did it come from a lab in Wuhan? Did it come from a natural animal to human transmission? Um, unclear at the moment. Trump yesterday strongly suggested that he thinks it came from a Wuhan lab. Um there were a couple of articles out talking about how there is no evidence to suggest that's the case. Um, you know, regardless of what one may think, I think, you know, it, it, it looks like that that Trump is settling on um, at least a, a, a campaign strategy that will probably be present for the coming months until November, um, you know, whereby the blame for the global pandemic is shifted to China. You're going to probably see a lot of anti-China rhetoric. I doubt you're going to see actual any retaliatory measures get taken. Um, you know, Trump yesterday talked about he could, he could use tariffs. I don't really think that would be the case, um, at least not before the election. But you are going to see, I think, the 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 rhetoric turn more acrimonious. So we have kind of this this brief reprieve going back to you know December up you know up until um, just a few months ago, where we had the phase one deal and we had kind of put to bed a lot of the trade tensions. But now it looks like you're probably going to see another um, escalation in in China rhetoric. Um, again, that's not helpful for the market. So that that to me probably is 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 a larger contributor to the futures dip than um, Apple and Amazon. Um, so those are the major news items today. There's obviously a lot more. I have all the all the reports in the Vital Dawn today. For today's calendar, you have the April manufacturing ISM at 10 a.m. Again, I think most investors are don't care about April and before data. They want to see if May data can stabilize versus April. So April is thought to be the trough. Uh, of this downturn as far as where you're going to see the most acute um, declines in, in earnings and economic data. 
And the question is whether or not, again, the data can show the same positive linearity that you're seeing companies talk about. So whether the May numbers, which we're, they're not, you know, we're not going to see them for another month, whether they can stabilize versus April. So I think today's April manufacturing ISM, um, you know, it's it's somewhat irrelevant. And, and that goes also for the job, the U.S. jobs report, which hits next Friday. I think all, that also is somewhat irrelevant. You have a bunch of large earnings today. Um, you know, the, the big ones, probably Honeywell, Chevron and Exxon. There are a couple more. So though that is the calendar for this morning. Um, and just my thoughts on the market again are, are the same as they've been. I continue to think that you should not be chasing this market. I've thought that you shouldn't be chasing the market. I think 2,800 is an appropriate ceiling at the moment. I'm not necessarily negative. Um, you know, I do think that you have had a lot of improvements that you have to acknowledge on coronavirus statistics descending, um, you know, important, uh, massively from, from their apex um, you're, you're now in the reopening phase. You're going to have a lot of reopening headlines over the coming weeks and months. Um, and the linearity, the, co- the positive linearity from corporates that they've acknowledged, that's also all positive. I just think it's it, more than in the market at this point. Um, and if anything, I think the remdesivir news, getting that out of the way um, is a negative for the market. I think there has been a lot of anxiety among people who did not necessarily um, you know, we're not necessarily enthused with where stocks were, but they were very nervous about having that kind of quote unquote cure headline hit the tape and drive prices higher, which you did see um, briefly. But I think now, you know, again, that probably is going to mark a near term peak for this tape, the remdesivir news that hit. Um, and then obviously you still have kind of a lot of valuation issues again, where even if you make some very generous assumptions on 2021 earnings, valuations are rich. And then I do think that there's kind of this inappropriate um, reopening versus normalization debate, where a lot of people seem to be conflating reopening or lifting restrictions with actually normalizing economic activity. And the two, I think, are very different. The latter is going to take a long time. Uh, so that is everything for today. Uh, thank you for listening.